0: Spending time in the outdoors is by far one of my most favorite things to do. And that is why I love living in the middle of the forest. I can walk out my door and enjoy nature without ever even leaving home. But there are times when I do want to leave the homestead and spend time somewhere else. However, as with any other thing we do, spending time outdoors also produces an impact on the environment. From how you travel, to the gear you purchase, how you build a campfire, and disposing of trash, it all leaves an environmental footprint. So if you want to spend time outside, and still be environmentally friendly, then this episode is for you. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back everyone to the Adventures in Sustainable Living Podcast. This is your host Patrick, and this is episode 93, which is simply called Tips and Tricks for Eco-Friendly Camping. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that if you would like to contact me with comments, questions, or even thoughts and suggestions on topics of interest, please feel free to contact me at adventuresinsustainableliving at gmail.com. Again, that is adventuresinsustainableliving at gmail.com. So, that being said, let's get right down to this week's topic, which is eco-friendly camping. Now, spending time outside is, of course, by far one of my most favorite pastimes, But in doing so, if you have an interest in that, in doing so, there are several things that you have to keep in mind, and these are some of the things I want to cover in this week's episode. So first of all, what exactly is eco-friendly camping? What are the benefits to that? And then I want to talk about some of the gear that you use, and then lastly, tips on how to enjoy this activity And of course to minimize your impact. Now just so you will have some appreciation for what I'm discussing I think it will be helpful if I just take a minute and explain a little bit about my homestead or or how my homestead is situated relative to the National Forest and I want to explain some of the things that I see on a regular basis so that you will understand why I think this topic is so important. Now my property is situated on top of a ridge and it is part of a, a total of 160 acres that is surrounded by national forest. And The north side of the property faces the end of a county road that leads to a trailhead. And if I take that road, it's about two and a half miles or or about four kilometers to the trailhead. So for most of the time that I have lived there, there were numerous free camping sites along this county road. And during the peak season, every Sunday afternoon, I would take the ATV, a shovel, and a trash bag to go clean up trash. I would put out smoldering campfires, pick up trash, and sometimes even repair damage from people using off-road vehicles. But after many years of abuse, the forest along the creek was trampled, most of the grass was gone, the willows were dying back, trees were illegally cut, and others were dying from people attempting to chop them down for firewood. So finally, the Forest Service closed the entire area to any sort of free camping, and unless you hike into the backcountry, camping is now restricted to the campground. It only took about one season for there to be significant evidence of environmental recovery. The following year, there was tall grass, lots of wildflowers and things were starting to markedly recover. But this all happened before the pandemic. And once the pandemic set in, people were ordered to stay at home, work from home, many businesses were closed, and people had an emotional need to get outside. For hundreds of people, their best option was simply to Head to the mountains and go outside and go hiking. So in many ways I'm happy to see that people were returning to the outdoors and this was a good healthy option of course. And for the first time since I've lived on the homestead there were times that the parking lot at the trailhead was actually overflowing. But now camping is still restricted to the campground which is a change, of course, that I'm happy to see. But whenever I drive home to the cabin, I I first have to cross over a section of National Forest, and part of that is driving through this campground. And I can tell you, it is like having my own personal gear review every time I drive home. From people who are camping in a small tent to those who have big fancy RVs I see a huge range of products and gear, and every now and then I'll even stop and ask people where they purchased a piece of gear, because it truly looks amazingly rigid and functional. But in many ways, it's rather entertaining to see how people set up their campsites, and especially those campers that literally bring everything except for the kitchen sink. It makes me think of times when my dad took us camping, uh, took us on camping trips in North Georgia, and we took only the minimal gear needed for the trip. And since I am more or less a minimalist, that is how I think of camping. On one hand, I am happy to see that people are reaching for a healthy alternative to what is typically called the great American indoors, but on the other hand, just like anything else, if you are going to enjoy the outdoors, we need to do it responsibly, because everything we do has an impact. And living where I do, over the past 25 years, I have encountered so many people That think that once they are in the mountains and away from the city, now is the opportunity to do whatever it is they like. Because after all, no one is looking over their shoulder. They feel as if the rules no longer apply and they can get away with whatever they want. So now, now that you know my perspective on this issue and you know why I think it is important, and why that is the focus of this episode. So if you are going to enjoy the outdoors, then do it responsibly, because everything we do has an impact. So what exactly is considered eco-friendly camping? First of all, you will also hear the terms zero waste camping or sustainable camping, and they all basically mean the same thing. Well, all of these terms are really sort of used in reference to environmentally friendly camping. And, you know, anyone can take a trip into the outdoors and pitch a tent and then come home and say that they went camping. But the question is, are you doing that while making it your top priority to leave only footprints? Because eco-friendly camping involves everything from where you go, how you get there, what equipment you use, and what you do once you are there. So if you really think about it, there is no difference between from having a sustainable lifestyle and being eco-friendly when you're in the environment. Because eco-friendly people reuse, recycle, they reduce their waste. They conserve energy and natural resources and they're always conscious that everything they do has some sort of an impact on other people and on the natural world. And all of these concepts directly transfer to spending time outside. So that being said, what exactly are the benefits of eco-friendly camping and, and Why should you even bother with all the extra effort? Well, first and foremost, just like anything else in life, when you think of enjoying the outdoors, you need to think in terms of leaving only footprints. And what that means is, whenever you use a campsite, leave it the way you found it. And in fact, if someone else has left trash or damaged the site in any way, you should take a little time to repair that or pick up the trash because you have to consider the fact that there are going to be other people coming behind you to use the same site. Because people repeatedly using the same campsite in itself tends to promote environmental damage. And part of the concept of sustainability, of course, is what are we going to leave? for the next generation. And consequently, I think it is a far better approach, other than leaving the place the way you found it, is actually leaving a place in better condition than what you found it when you arrived. So very simply put, leaving only footprints promotes environmental conservation. Preserving the natural environment is the only way that it will be enjoyed for generations to come. There is nothing worse than making the effort to get out in the middle of nowhere, only to arrive and find it damaged by someone else. So if you are camping in an area where there are other people, your efforts at at conservation will most likely get noticed and others will start to think perhaps they should be behaving in exactly the same way. And in my opinion, one of the major benefits to eco-friendly camping is simply the opportunity to immerse yourself in nature. Some of my best experiences have been sitting in a tent out in the middle of the forest completely away from other people, because when I do this I tend to make very little noise, and not only do I get to enjoy the natural beauty and the total absence of man-made sound, I tend to encounter a lot of wildlife. And maybe this would make lots of people nervous, but I have had numerous up-close encounters with deer, elk, bighorn sheep, bear, mountain lions, bobcats, foxes, coyotes, moose, hawks, eagles, and the list goes on because truly nothing gives me more pleasure than seeing animals like this when I am in the outdoors. There have been numerous studies proving the health benefits of spending time in nature and from a personal perspective, if I spend a little too much time working, and not having time outdoors, I really truly start to crave it. I just crave the peace and quiet and the natural beauty. It really does a lot to improve my attitude. And I truly believe that if more people spent time enjoying the peace and quiet of the natural world, there would really truly be a lot less angry people in the world. And one other additional benefit to immersing yourself in the natural world, is that you start to learn new things. So seeing wildlife that you've never seen before encourages you to start reading and to start learning about them. And once you learn how amazing some of these animals really are, you start to care about them a little bit more. And this in turn starts a whole psychological process because people tend to care about things that they know about and people tend to protect the very things that they care about. And so, another benefit to spending time outside is that it, of course, reduces your greenhouse gas production. And you know, with so much talk about climate change these days, it's it's hard to, to, to get away sometimes from mentioning this topic, but camping trips are often spent close to home for example and this means that there are no airline flights involved and additionally you are not of course using hotel facilities because a hotel stay has a much greater environmental impact because of the waste production and the high use of disposable products. So if done correctly camping can produce zero waste and near zero environmental impact other than the energy you use to get where you are going. And speaking of hotels, camping is of course by far less expensive than staying in a hotel. And not only that, state parks, national parks, and other camping facilities charge a lot more for camping sites that have facilities such as showers and electric hookups And there are also numerous ways to avoid even this expense and have some reasonable level of comfort. Because I can tell you about numerous camping trips that I've been on where I had no access at all to such facilities and one of my most memorable experiences was a kayaking trip in southeast Alaska. And after the first week of kayaking all of us were so incredibly dirty from head to toe and in desperate need of a shower. And our only option was to bathe in an ice-cold waterfall. And it got to the point to where that was far more acceptable than continuing to smell the way we did. But that being said, with the right gear, you can get a shower without having to stay in a hotel, an expensive campground or bathing in an ice-cold stream. So for example, when I take longer driving trips for either business or pleasure, I take some of my camping gear along with me and that includes a waterproof tent that fits on the bed of my truck, my camping stove, a portable shower that is a simple two gallon tank with a shower head that can be pressurized, I take a portable composting toilet and a pop-up privacy tent that can be used for a toilet facility or a shower tent. And all of this gear cost me less than a three-night stay in a hotel. So in other words, it truly paid for itself after only one trip. But this just goes along with something I want to remind my listeners that I consistently have discovered about sustainable living, and this holds true for camping trips as well, because it actually saves you money. And if you do not believe me, then please go back and listen to episode 84, which is called The True Cost of Sustainable Living. So now that we have set the stage for sustainability in the outdoors, let's talk a little bit about the gear that you use. By first first and foremost, the best thing you can do is to figure out exactly what you already have because the most sustainable gear is what you already own. But if you are missing certain essentials, then consider renting some gear, especially if you're only going to go camping on a couple times a year. But another good option is to purchase some secondhand gear. And online stores such as OfferUp, Patagonia, and REI often sell secondhand gear. And eBay also is a great place to find used gear. And I actually found a four season tent on eBay that had only been used once. And I purchased it for a fraction of what it would have cost me brand new. But beyond that, look for gear with companies that have a reputation for sustainable practices. Companies such as Patagonia, Ten Tree, Icebreaker, and North Face all have great reputations. So for example, North Face has sleeping bags that are made from all recycled materials. And the Thermarest brand sleeping pads are also an excellent choice. And these pads, I'm going to have to admit, are derived from petroleum based materials, but they are also extremely durable. And I have had the same Thermarest pad for 25 years, and it's still going strong. And if you're going to spend any considerable amount of time in the outdoors, sooner or later you're going to want to be able to cook a meal. And one of the least environmentally friendly things that I see people do, and it is very very common, is for people to purchase these small little canisters of compressed gas. And these things are almost impossible to recycle and a way to avoid that is to do what I do and purchase a stove with a fuel bottle that is refillable. And again this is one of those items of camping gear that I have had for many many years and I use it over and over and over again. So there are so many choices these days for sustainable gear. So one of my best suggestions is really just to take your time and shop around because camping sustainably is very similar to traveling in a sustainable manner and there but there are some particular tips that i think that will help you to make your trips in the great outdoors a little bit more enjoyable and one of my favorite things to do when i go camping is of course to avoid the crowds because for me at least to do anything other than that sort of defeats the purpose of my being there in the first place. But the challenge that we can have sometimes is because due to the availability of information on various destinations, as well as improved access, some places get completely overrun, and consequently the environment just cannot handle the volume of traffic without taking a beating. So my suggestion is try to avoid such places as this. And one really good example is one of my favorite places to go close to the cabin to go hiking is called Quinella Pass and Mount Bierstad. And for many years you had to drive down a very narrow, rough dirt road to even get there. And additionally, the road was closed about six months out of the year due to heavy snow. But the state decided to widen and pave the road. And the last time I went up there, I stopped counting at 300 cars. And consequently, I have not been back ever since. But another great way that you can do, great thing you can do to avoid the crowds is of course, think about going camping in the off season. Because I have had, by far, some of my best experiences camping by doing this. And I once did a two week solo kayaking trip at an extremely popular lake destination and never saw a single person because I went in January. And in my mind, this is my idea of a fantastic trip. But another thing that you can do. When thinking about various destinations to go to, is think about going local. So, that being said, there are, of course, some fantastic destinations in the world that can only be reached by flying. So, if you want to travel, just minimize your impact by alternating what you do. And this is something that I frequently do. I will fly somewhere and take a nice trip, and then the next couple of trips I make, are local, and by doing so, I eliminate my, I re, or at least reduce my environmental impact. And speaking of reducing your environmental impact, I can't seem to ever get past this concept of trying to go zero waste. So that's really my, my next tip, is just think about the concepts of going zero waste. So avoid using, uh, avoid using the single-use plastics always purchase gear that can be used over and over again. So with few exceptions I actually have the same gear that I have purchased over 20 years ago. And this is because I purchased high-quality gear up front and I've never had to replace it. And this even holds true for the plastic items that I purchased long ago such as my reusable water bottles. But you know, one of the other things that I do is I actually have a small trunk that sits in my storage shed with all of my basic camping necessities that are already packed. And I simply keep it stocked and ready to go. And I do this so that I can take a quick trip on short notice and not forget the important essentials. I can stay organized and it also helps me to minimize my waste. And... And speaking of minimizing your waste, I know that these freeze-dried, lightweight meals are convenient, but you can actually make most of these things at home. Because I typically purchase food in bulk anyway, but I make my own granola, trail mix, soup mixes, dried fruit and vegetables, so not only do I eat healthy, but I also save a considerable amount of money by doing these kinds of things myself. And just continuing on this thought process of zero waste, I certainly hope that it goes without saying from the perspective of being sustainable, is pack out your waste. Anything that you bring with you, take it back home. Clean up after yourself, pack out your trash, and sometimes that means Hacking out your own poop. But if you're in a situation where you you cannot do that, then bury your human waste in a hole that's at least six inches deep and please do not leave behind your toilet paper. And if you are going to spend enough time in the outdoors, sooner or later you're going to have to wash some dishes and clean yourself up as well. And this is when you need to be mindful of the cleaning products that you use. Biodegradable soaps are by far the best, and Dr. Bonner's and Castile soap are perfectly good examples, and I use these products both for washing dishes and for washing myself. So just keep in mind that when it comes to showering and disposing of dishwater, Do this at least 200 feet from the nearest water supply and this is considered best practice even when using biodegradable products. And my next tip is really to just simply be responsible when it comes to building fires. I think we have all seen the devastating effects of forest fires and certainly during the time that I have lived in Colorado, I have seen numerous, seen this on numerous occasions, and furthermore, nearly 90% of the wildfires in the United States are caused by people. And most of this is the result of campfires being left unattended, discarded cigarettes, and people intentionally burning debris. So please, Pay attention to fire bans because these rules are there for a reason and if you are allowed to build a fire then use an established fire pit and if you're in the backcountry try to use a fire pit that someone else has already established. Or even better if you have a portable stove use that instead. Now hopefully If many of you are going to take the time and effort to enjoy the outdoors, you will put out the extra effort to try and get into the backcountry, because this is truly where I have had some of my most memorable experiences. And of course getting there, if you're in a good location, means you're gonna have to use a trail and you're gonna have to walk. And in doing so, you're going to see some amazing places and I know that it is tempting to get off the trail and try and find a little bit of a better view. And I know this may sound just a little bit trivial and you think that it doesn't cause very much of an impact. But when everyone else has the same idea, this is when we get environmental damage. So you have to understand that the plants that have adapted to high altitude have a very short growing season and it takes years to recover from any sort of damage that are caused by footprints. Not to mention, if you damage the soil it's going to be much more prone to erosion. And believe it or not, this also applies to the desert environment. Because some of the soils in the environment in the in the desert are extremely fragile, especially what is called the cryptobiotic soil. Because it can take as long as 250 years to recover once it is damaged. So please by all means be respectful and stay on established traveling routes. And whether you choose to go into the backcountry or you decide to stay in an established camping area You really, truly have to be mindful of respecting the wildlife. And sometimes this means nothing more than keeping food in a secure place so as not to attract bears. But you also have to remember that when you do encounter wildlife, give them plenty of space. And this is especially true if you encounter a bear or a moose because these guys are not really known for their favorable personalities. But deer and elk are also prone to attacking depending on the timing of their mating cycle. Because the thing to remember is that animals often respond to a threat in the only way they know how, which is to attack. And the most frequent cause of animal attacks are human provocation. So be respectful. The biggest percentage of the time They are just as afraid of you as you are of them. And if you do encounter an aggressive animal, then most likely that animal is going to get hunted down and killed. But all of this can be avoided by simply being respectful. You know, because of where and how I live, I have encountered a wide range of wildlife on a regular basis and some of these animals include large predators such as mountain lions and bears. And there has only been one time in 26 years that I've had a problem. And I can assure you there are few things more unnerving than getting stalked by a mountain lion or having a stare down with a 1500 pound moose. But you can avoid such encounters by keeping a good distance being respectful, keeping your food put away, and of course, retreat whenever possible. Now, I truly hope that the potential for encounters with wildlife are not going to discourage you from enjoying the outdoors because having the opportunity to see these kinds of animals is really, really very enjoyable, and it of course you want to learn about them, and of course respect them and people of course care about what they know and they want to protect the things that they care about. So kind of in sort of wrapping up this episode I just want to say that over the course of my adult life and spending so much time in the outdoors I have seen a huge evolution in the type of gear that's available and you know with today's technology it's even possible to enjoy electrical appliances in the backcountry because there is now a whole range of portable solar chargers that can add a little comfort to your trip and for me I know that it is really a nice convenience to keep my cell phone charged especially for taking photographs and for using the GPS app but I almost always have a headlamp or two with me as well because they're extremely useful. And I just take rechargeable batteries and I plug them into a small fold out solar panel. And you know what, beyond that, even if you are staying in a campground with electricity, you can lower your impact by simply going solar. So I think truly the bottom line for this episode, the main point of this episode is that there are so many benefits for getting outside and enjoying the natural world. It gives you that opportunity to immerse yourself in nature, to learn about the natural world, and learn about environmental con- conservation. Not to mention the proven health benefits of spending time outside and away from all the noise of our modern culture. But if you want to take advantage of this, and as you should, there are ways to do this that not only saves you money, but saves the planet as well. So if you need to purchase gear, then purchase from a business that focuses on sustainable practices. And I have a number of links in the resources section of this transcript that will kind of get you pointed in the right direction. And additionally, I have a number of links to some um, articles for further reading that will give you a lot of additional information. But once you decide to head out into the great outdoors, just think about avoiding destinations that get overused. Consider going in the off-season. Think about avoiding excess travel and go local instead. Think about the principles of zero waste. Pack out your garbage. Use non-toxic products. Please be responsible with fires. Avoid environmental damage by staying on established trails. Be sure to respect the wildlife and of course, think about going solar. And in closing for this episode, as, you, as always, you have to keep in mind that everything we do has some sort of an impact on other people and on the environment always, always, always think in terms of leaving only footprints and especially when that comes to being outside. So just think of it from this perspective. What if we all made the decision to live more sustainably and what if we all went through our entire lives and adhere to the simple principle of leave-only footprints? Then by default you would adhere to the principles of using only what you need, reducing your waste, giving up plastics, respecting other cultures, extending a simple act of kindness, and being mindful of the fact that every single thing you do has an impact. And if you adhere to those principles of leaving only footprints, then take those principles and find one other person and teach them to do the same. And just remember that despite everything that is going on in our crazy world right now, our future on this planet has truly not yet been decided. And you can have a part of changing that future by making the decision to live more sustainably and teaching others to do the same. Now, I hope that you have truly enjoyed yet another episode of the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. And if you have, then please take the time to leave me with a review and subscribe to my podcast as well as my companion blog, Off-Grid Living News. And that is all for this week, folks. Hopefully you will join me next week for another exciting episode. But for now, this is your host, Patrick. Signing off. Always remember to live sustainably, because this is how we build a better future.